dudes i mean humans okay um welcome today's episode is super random but like long awaited at least for me because i like to pick people's brains and this is a brain that i've been picking and i've been curious about just his perspectives on certain things so today we're going to talk about um leadership and being a leader So today's episode is called The Summaries of Leadership. Okay, guys, so I have a guest on this episode. This is my friend, but I won't introduce him because I'll let him introduce himself. Um, Let us know. Oh, sorry. Let us know about you, who you are, and all that good stuff. What's your name? Hi, my name is Ben. <laughs> Most people know me as the legendary coach. Oh, okay, the legendary coach. Yeah. All right, I know. Wait, I don't know if this is a good time to ask. Can I ask about your nicknames or not? Nah? Sure. Okay. From what I know, you have several. Yeah, I'm... <clears throat> I'm the guy that has many nicknames because most people know me as Ben Beal, Benny Beal, <laughs> Coach, the legendary coach, and that's it. Oh, I was like, there's got to be more. Okay, yeah. Um, that's the thing. I was like, I'm going to, I don't want to be the person that calls you Ben Beal because everybody calls you that. But when you meet Ben Beal, you kind of like, it, you know, it kind of comes with the territory. Like, you kind of can't call him just Ben. You know what I'm saying? Um, you have to use both names. It just feels right. Um, so, yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Okay. You mentioned the legendary coach. So, we're going to talk about that a lot today. Well, not a lot. But, you know, more than whatever. Everything else. I don't okay. know. Okay. okay. I'm just babbling. Okay. So, um, where are you from, Ben? I'm from... Uh, Los Angeles, California. Um, I live pretty much everywhere from the inner cities to the suburbs of Southern California. Oh, okay. The inner cities like? Inglewood, Linwood, Compton. For real? Oh, dude. Okay. I'm a Texan. I've never been to California like ever like. I don't even think driving through, like, you know, like, to get to another state. I don't recall, like, ever being in California. I feel like that's something I wouldn't forget. I wonder what it was like growing up in, like, Inglewood and Compton. Like, do you remember what that was like, or do you know? I mean, it's just like any other neighborhood. I mean, you know, there's the good and the bad. Mm -hmm. You know, most people hear about those cities, like, you know, living in Linwood. You know, those cities was bad, but there wasn't. There were great families and, you know, nice neighborhoods. And, you know, you had some, you know, bad people that, you know, took over, you know, certain pockets of it. But it was a pretty, you know, 
I don't I, I don't have any bad memories of living in the inner cities. Okay. Ooh, that's so interesting. I was just curious because I know I probably sound a little ignorant. Like I grew up in like the suburbs of Round Rock, which is where we currently are residing. But like, you know, when you say like <laughs> we had problems, I'm like, I didn't see a lot of problems. I think we were the problems being like the only black people in like predominantly white neighborhoods and schools. We were the problem because we looked different than everyone. But that was probably the extremity of it. Um, but yeah, anyways, that was just a random conversation. I have a question. For those of you who don't know or like can't tell by hearing his voice, then Bill's black, so... Um, but he's like the black that's like, his melanin is bright. He got, he light skin, you know what I'm saying? So, like my mama. Shout out to moms if you're listening. Um, but okay, so my question to you is, um, what do you like about being black? Everything. <laughs> okay. You know, it's just a great color, you know. I mean, history history shows, you know, that the African-American race of people have done some extraordinary things. So it's an, to me, it's, be, it's an honor to be African-American considering, you know, a lot of stuff that we do today um, uh, was created by African-Americans. Blood transfusion, mm. the traffic light. Yeah. I mean, you think about what Dr. King did, you know, for civil rights and what Muhammad Ali did for civil rights and, you know, those guys. I mean, it's a it's a it's a huge honor just, you know, to be a part of it. Now, it's, it's a struggle because we're, we've, we've always been a race of people that um, was n- never looked upon as a race of, of a race of people. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't change it for the world. Nice. Ooh, snaps to that. That's good. I like that. I'm like, what would I answer if I had to answer that? I wouldn't be as eloquent. But yeah, I think being black, I mean, I can't imagine being something else. You know what I mean? Like, being a black woman is like everything. We're like queens. And like, people say that, and sometimes it's annoying depending on who's saying, hey, queen, or whatever. But I think it's a good. An awesome thing to be. It's a challenging thing to be, but like, we black for a reason. I feel like God was like, um, only the strong people can be black. Like you be, you gonna be black. Like I'm gonna make you a black person. So that's awesome. Ooh, I love that. And I know that's like, <laughs> that's kind of random, but those are the questions that I want to start with. Um, okay. We still on? Huh? We're yeah. On? Yeah. We still on? Oh. Um, but. Uh, Okay, we're going to take like a quick short commercial, but um, I'm going to bring bring back this episode. We're going to talk about BYO Triple B because you know what? I mentioned at the beginning of the year that I wanted to uh, be better about exhorting black and brown businesses here in Austin. So I was going to do the exhort corner, but I was like, no, nah, we're just going to do BYO Triple B and I have a black business that I want to talk about and we will after this break. Be right back.
right. Hey, y'all, we're back. Um, I got to move the mic <laughs> a little bit closer. Okay. Okay, so I have our guest, Ben Bill. I was going to say Benjamin Bill, but I was like, I never in my life have said that, so I won't. But, um, yeah. So I want to talk to you about leadership, leadership styles. And I just learned about this, honestly, like today. I was today years old. So some of these leadership styles I haven't heard of. And some I have, but I didn't have the words because I'm not the best with words. But sometimes I'm I'm bomb at words. You know what I mean? So anyways, (laughs) so sometimes I'm awesome. I mean, I'm an actor, so I tell stories for a living, however, and I'm a podcaster. So I tell my stories. This is a verbal diary for me. But I also love having guests. So thanks for being a part. Okay, so I'm going to talk to you about leadership styles. And it looks like there's 10 different ones, which is kind of a lot. So, But they're short little uh, descriptions, so there's not like monologues. Okay. Okay, number one, you're the coach. The coach is motivational. Okay. Number two is a visionary. You're progress focused and inspirational. Number three is uh, the servant. They're humble and protective. Number four is autocratic, which is authoritarian and result-focused. And as I read these, you can, if there are like more than one that you feel like, oh yeah, I'm that, oh, I have a little bit of that, you know, it's okay if you combine. Anyways, number five is laissez-faire or hands-off, autocratic and delegatory. (laughs) Okay, number six is democratic, supportive, and innovative. Seven is the pace setter, helpful and motivational. Number eight is transformational. They're challenging and communicative. Nine is transactional, performance-focused. And the last one, 10, is bureaucratic, hierarchical, um, and duty-focused. Dang, those are all intense leadership styles. I'm like, if I had to choose for Michelle, for me, Chocolate Thunder, I would be probably, man, number five, man. I was a director. I used to teach high school theater, which was crazy. It was cool, but it was also like not my best like time to shine, I would say. Um, I had good, good, great, amazing moments, and some moments kind of sucked. But it wasn't necessarily, some of it was my subjects, and some of it was me, right? But I would say I was laissez-faire or (laughs) hands-off autocratic and delegatory um i'm all about results definitely i wanted i will because i was like my name's going on this you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but it didn't also it didn't necessarily mean that i was good at what i was doing i was like putting pressure on them to be good because my name was on it even though i knew that they sucked or whatever you know so, I don't know. That's just me. But do you even remember what I told you? Because <laughs> I, okay. I, I gave I, you a lot. You gave me a lot. That was a, was a mouthful. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so, sorry. So, here's what I need you to help me do. Okay. Um, I wrote down the ones that I am, but I don't remember what they were. Okay, yeah. So, number one was what? Coach. Coach. Well, I mean, that. <laughs> I knew that when I was reading it. I was like, that, oh. That's in, that's in my name. I've been coaching uh, and developing and helping people get to where they want to go for... 30 years now. Wow. So I started coaching at, at 15. So. Ooh, I didn't know that. That's something I didn't know. Oh. Huh. Wow. Um, so I definitely would say 
number one coaching is uh, my my thing. Motivational. That's what it says. Yeah, uh, yeah. You I, would I, say? I, I I would say I can get you a little bit motivated. Okay. Okay. And then then the next one would be number three, which was the servant. Servant. Well, Humble and protective. Well, I mean, being a servant, being a servant leader, shows the people that are following you that you're in it to win it for them just mm. as much as much as they are for themselves. Wow, I love that. Ooh, I love that. I could have used a lot of more servitude when I was being a director because I'm like, I guess I was in it to win it for them, but it was, I was thinking more a lot about myself. So well, that's being a, being a servant, being a servant leader, you got to take self out of it because yeah, here's okay. what I've learned um, through the years is if you help people get what they want, you ultimately get what you want. Mm. But you do that not with saying, well, I got to get you to be this millionaire because I'm going to be a millionaire. You just say, I, I need to get you to become a millionaire because that's what you want and that's what I'm going to, I want to see you as. And that's the reaping and reap what you sow. Ooh. So you, you reap into people and what you what, what sows from that is, you know, the gratitude and the development of whatever that you're doing. Wow. Okay. Okay. Ooh, you didn't come to play. Okay. What other ones? And then, the next, then the next one was number seven. Number seven, pace setter. Pace setter. I mean, think about it. Um, the person that sets the pace mm-hmm. is the person that leads the pack. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know when you see when you think about dog sledding, the 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 leader of the the pack isn't the person in the back. Mm-hmm. When the dog said everybody else follows follows the lead dog. So if you're the leader, you got to be the you got to you got to do it first. You got to be able to say I did this first. I did it first. I made the calls. I met the people. I did this. I did that. So not and, and it has it doesn't come from a standpoint of you know braggadocio, but it's listen. Mm. I've done. I, I'm doing everything that you've ever done. I made the mistakes first. That's why you follow me. Ooh. And, okay. then the, and then the last one was number nine. Okay, number nine is transactional performance focus. Well, trend, I mean, you know, being a former athlete, everything is about. You know, a result. I mean, you can't be in business, you know, and not get a result. Whether it's that's the, true, the, man. The result is at the end of the day, you got to get paid. At the end of the day, yeah. you got to you, you got to have a goal and you got to complete the goal. Um, yeah. There, there, there's nothing in this world. I don't care whether you say you're competitive or not. There's a result. Kids go to school. What's what's the result? It's A's and B's. That's the result. That's mm. the result of the study, the hard work. In business, the result is. You know your business growing. Your results is your 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 uh you're make you're making money in, in athletics. Your results is um you know reaching that goal of whatever it is, breaking a world record, what, whatever it is. That's yeah. result. So everything everything is has to have a result to it. Now it doesn't necessarily be need need to be the end all, but it but it does have to be driven by results. Wow. Oh, I'm really glad this is recording. Because I'm like, I'm going to probably listen to this a lot. Um, okay, so you were talking about... Gotcha, I have a lot of questions. That's hopefully going to lead us into what, what we like came back from commercial for. Um, okay, you were talking a lot about... Um, uh, you said you mentioned sports or something about... Yeah. So I would love to like know if any of those leadership 
roles played into you uh, sports-wise, but I also want to segue from that into BYO Triple B, Bring Your Own Black and Brown Business, because you are black, you have a business, and I wanted to talk about that. Like, mm-hmm. we're talking a lot about leadership, and you talking about, number one, your common leadership style. You feel like the first one right off the bat is coach, and definitely... Like, you're a coach. Like, even in just normal conversations that we have, you're like, did you, uh, did you, you know, fill out the application? Did you send it? Okay, what about, you know what I mean? Like, dang, I can't even, man. I'm telling y'all. Like, literally everything. We'll go back to number nine. Uh, which was transformational. No, transactional. Results matter. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, so speaking of results matter, okay, tell us about your sports days. Or whatever, man. And you also coached. Speaking of coaching, well, didn't you? Yeah, I, I mean, I've coached uh, high high level track and field athletes. Well, my background in athletics was I played basketball in high school, but I was really a um, track and field athlete. Uh, I was slated to go to the '96 or 2000 Olympic Games. Whoa! Um, Whoa! W- was looking to follow in the footsteps of. My great cousin, who is Jesse Owens. Oh my gosh, guys, that's another thing. This guy with oh, he knows everyone. And, and, and some people don't know who he is. What'd you say, your great cousin? He's my great cousin. Oh, okay. um, but I was a high jumper, triple jumper, and uh, went to a school that produced Olympic a- athletes. So I went to a little bitty school. Um, some of you guys out there may have heard of it. Most of you guys probably haven't. But it's a little school called Azusa Pacific. And it was it was one of the most dominant track and field programs uh, in the history of sports from 1985 to 2008. Uh, we wow. we sent uh, between 13 and 14 Olympians to the uh, Olympic Games, and we brought back nine medals, gold being one of them. Um, but as for me, um, like I said, I was slated to go to the 96 or 2000 Games. But to qualify for the 2000 games as a high jumper, and if any of you guys ever see me, um, I don't look like a high jumper or a triple jumper. I probably look more like a distance runner. Um, but <laughs> to qualify for Olympic trials as a high jumper, I needed to jump seven three and three quarters. Uh, I was just a seven footer, so I literally uh. missed the Olympic trials by three and three quarters inches. Uh. So I'm gonna be that old gray haired guy when I get old. <laughs> yeah. Matter. When I get old, I'm gonna sit on be sitting there and I was like, I missed it by that much. Uh, um, but that was that was what I did. And I transitioned from being a highly, highly competitive athlete to a um I would say an even better coach. And that's kinda where uh, when I became um uh officially coaching where I coached at Azusa Pacific um for a number of years. I uh, had a bunch of world-class athletes. Uh, one guy qualified for Olympic trials. One of my girls uh, qualified. It was an alternate on the Olympic team. Um, and, then, and, and then, you know, traveled around and became a special, specialized coach, you know, in my respective events in high jump and triple jump. Wow, Ben. Dude, what? That was only sports. We're only talking sports then. We didn't even get into your business. Can you tell can you tell the the fans out here listening? What's up with your business? Well, let me tell you how I got it. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so 
Um, like I said, I was slated to go to the 96 or 2000 games. Um, after I got done competing, uh, I got into the uh, retail industry. Okay, and, okay. and I worked my way from an associate manager to assistant manager to became, became a store manager. Um, and I hated retail. Uh-huh. And <laughs> worked for one company and did real well. They went bankrupt. Oh. Worked for another company. Um, they did they did a little bit better, but they ended up going bankruptcy. Oh, man. So I'm sitting here, and I, I started working for this company, and my boss comes up to me and says, like every other boss says, hey, where do you see yourself in the next five years? And I said, hey, I want to be a corporate trainer because of my coaching background. Okay. I want to be a district trainer, something like that. So they gave me goals and said, listen, if you could do this, that, and the other, um, we can see where we can uh, put you. And I'm like, cool, I'm competitive. I like winning. So I went out and had the number three store in our entire company. Nice. Um, Whoa. We went to our little annual convention and won accolades and, and awards. And my boss calls me up and said, hey, let's go have lunch. And I'm sitting there going, oh, great. You know, here's my, this is my shot. Become right. This corporate, you know, trainer. And uh, mind you, in the beginning of the show, everybody knows I'm from California. Our corporate office is in New Jersey. And I'm like, how do, and I'm thinking, how am I going to survive in New Jersey? Because I'm a warm weather type of guy. California, <laughs> you know, California is one of those places where it's 70, 80 degrees mostly all year round. Wow. And I'm like, how am I going to survive in New Jersey? I don't, I don't do well in cold. And I'm thinking about that. So I sit down with lunch with her and my boss tells me this. He's, she says, Ben, we have to close our doors. So really within a span of five years, I go through three bankruptcies with these companies. Wow. So I'm sitting with one of my uh, frat brothers um, and we're talking and I'm sitting there and it's real hot in his, his, his room. My eyes are sweaty. You know, those kind of... Those, oh my those, God. Those, those, kind of, those kind of sweaty... Why it was looked, it hot like that? It, it looked like I was crying, but I really wasn't. Oh my God. I lost, because I lost my job. And he said, Ben. Oh, okay, okay. So that, okay. I follow. <laughs> that took me a minute, man. And, and, and we're talking. He's like... Ben, have you ever thought, thought about opening up your own business? And I said, I have. And he said, what would you do? And I says, um, you know, I don't know. There's a couple of industries I'd want to get into. He's like, well, like what? And I said, Some, how about the dot-com industry? This is early 2000. He said, well, look, look at these industries. If you got into the dot-com industry in, between 1996 and 2001, you did pretty well early till 2001. What happened after 2001? The dot-com bubble burst. Boom. Gone. I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> then I says to him, what about real estate? And he says, okay, well, let's look at real estate. If you got into real estate between 1996 and about 2006, you did pretty well in the early 2000s. What happened in 2007, 2008? Well, the real estate bubble burst. Boom. That was gone. I'm like, well, heck, I don't want to do either one of those. Mm-hmm. He says, you ever think about getting into insurance and investments? I said, no. He said, well, let's take a look at that. I'm sitting there going, okay. He says, listen, we insure our cars. We insure our home. We insure our health. We even insure our cell phones that we talk on every day we can't live without, right? Yeah. And I, and he, and I said, yeah. He said, listen, insurance is, has been the most stable industry across the board for over a thousand years. And I said, well, that's the industry that I have to get into. And in 2004, got my insurance license, started working with a, a, a company, worked with those guys for a few years. 
left that company and started working with the company that I'm, I'm affiliated with right now. Um, and and, and uh, I'm a broker uh, with, with, with the company. And I, I have my I have my own website is uh, legendarycoach.com. And look um, it up, look it up. They, they allow me to brand my own self, which most companies don't. So I'm I'm super excited about that. And if you want to look me up, uh, the the uh, .com is t h e l e g e n d a r i e coach c o a c h .com. And we're we're um, my, my branch is located here in uh, the city of Round Rock, mm-hmm. Texas. Yeah. So if you want to go ahead and look me up, you're more than, more than welcome. Um, but that's 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 the industry that I'm in, um, and w- one of the things that I tell people uh, a lot that I, I do a couple of things. Uh, I teach people how to make money and save money, and I specialize in tax-free retirement. And on top of that, um, I'm a, a agency builder. So if you ever think about, hey, I want to start my own business in insurance, then that's what I do. That's what I teach people. Wow. So okay. That's amazing. And I was thinking when you were talking about how you got into it, like, so that was just a friend that was like, hey, let's look at real estate. Let's look at this. It was, a mentor. It was actually a mentor. Oh, okay. Because so I was going to say, what a good friend. But that's even better that, you know, it was a mentor because they really got you on the right track. That's an awesome way to think about it because, yeah, we're all thinking about like, um, you know, at least I was thinking from my perspective, like, I want to do this. I don't want to do that. You think about what you want to do, but but you don't necessarily think about the long run, like the long term. But I love that he was like thinking forward. He was a forward thinking thinker. I'm just assuming it's a man. Yes. I don't know the gender. Um, but I really I love that. And I, I had another idea, but I forgot it when I was talking. So it'll come <laughs> up. But uh, gosh, Okay, hold on. We're going to take a quick brain break. I'll be right back. Uh, Hold on. Okay, I have a question. (laughs) That's literally... I don't know what we were talking about beforehand, but I was like, let me pause because I sometimes cut myself off in my thoughts, my head, and I'm like, okay, I had a really good thought, but I forgot. But So I don't want to do that. So we're going to move on. Whatever. My question to you is... um, this is probably a stupid question, but what is what is your what is the name of your business? The name of my business is. <laughs> I'm stupid. I'm sorry. The, the name of my business is uh, the Legendary Coach and Associates. Okay, you said that already. Yeah. All right. See, yeah. So I'm just saying it for those who wasn't listening. All right, that was for y'all. Yeah. All right. So my, I have a parent company that I, that I'm affiliated. Parent company. Yeah. What's that mean? I mean, they, they raised you. Yeah, they kind of, they kind of raised <laughs> oh, me. Shoot. Okay. I was just guessing, you know what I'm saying? Context clues. Okay, so I have some leadership questions. These are random. Okay. And so we're going to think about the legendary coach. But (laughs) TLC, man, not the band. Uh, That's weird to call them a band. You know what I mean? But it's like technically what they are kind of, you know? Group, group, group. Okay, that's what it is. Okay, okay. That's neither here nor there. Okay. So I have a question, Ben. What leadership skills do you find most useful? Now, you can go back if you can remember any of those, you know, leadership common leadership styles or whatever. But what skills do you think are the most useful if you're trying to be a leader? Most useful? All of them. All of them like how? The ones that I named? Yeah, all of them. Uh, you got to use with, 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 with all of the different leaders. Everybody's going to be different. Um, right. Um, there's some leaders that are going to be more challenging. Um, some leaders are going to be 
more lead from the front. Some leadership is going to be more, hey, you can do it, cheerleader type leadership. Um, <laughs> Me. <laughs> but I, it, it, it just depends on what's effective for you. Now, for, for most coaches, accountability is everything. Ooh. Because, um, you know, as, as a former athlete, they don't respect you if, you if you haven't done the craft. So when I'm on a track and I'm coaching a person, and, you know, or coaching a guy or girl, you know, in, in, in high jump or triple jump, you know, they, they, they respect you more when you say, listen, when you can reach my level that I've ever done, then um, we can talk. But if you've never done that sport or that event, especially in track and field, they, they won't respect you. So respect from the craft is, is, is essential. And then you got to hold them accountable. So if it's like, hey, you got to do, you know, six two hundred in 30 seconds, they have to do the six two hundred in, in oh, a amount of time. Oh, God. That bright, that's my childhood right there. But that's the accountability part. But you got to coach them through that. Mm-hmm. And you got to find what's what's okay. effective for you. There's some coaches that are mean and, and jerks about it. There's some coaches, there's some that are out there that 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 athlete has that much respect for you, for you that they'll run through a wall. Wow. So you have to have you, you have to have all those um, abilities, and then you got to hone in to what's most best for you and your athlete. Because you know, if I have athletes that that I have to, each one of them are different. You know, where there's one that I gotta get in the grill, mm. and I'm like, listen, okay. you know, you don't come to my track that, don't come to my practice that way. And there's some people that you gotta kind of, you know, you gotta coddle a little bit more than yes. you would do some other people. Not yeah, to say, not yeah. to say that you you baby everybody, because you know, I've never babied anybody. Um, oh God! Not 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 anybody. But you know, you got to figure out. You know, the coaching as well as in business is a psychological game because you got to be able to bring the best out of each individual um, every day. Dude, I love what you're saying because this reminds me so much of being an actor and like taking directions from different types of directors, and some are. Like, excuse my language, but dicks. Some are just mean. And some are, like, too lackadaisical to where you're like, can you give me some direction? Like, am I doing this correct? You know? But also me as a director, it's like, how did, how did I approach them? Like, sometimes I was really silly. I think I was overly silly to the point where it was, like, hard for people to take me seriously sometimes. Mm-hmm. So then you start being mean so that you they know you're not playing, you know? So it's, like, hard to find the middle ground. Anyways, but also I was thinking about being an educator and like working with special education there are some some of the kids I work with where I have to be very uh I have to coddle them or they they respond better when you are like you know you hug them and stuff like that and I'm not like a hugging kind of person but I'll do it I'm not like opposed to it you know but it's we're also in a freaking pandemic like let's not forget but also anyways give them that strong air hug. right okay strong air hug I love it Yes, but then there are other ones that, you know, it's like a psychological game, and I love what you said about that, because that's so real, and, you know, I'm, I'm a big brain person, right? I love thinking about brains and thinking about thinking and all that, so it's like, how how can I get through to them to where I can see the results that I want to see, but that they know they're doing and providing well, they're doing well, because 
of my reinforcements or the reinforcements they're receiving from doing well or whatever. So well, I don't know. Well, praise is praise is always good, whether you're you know, verbal praise is all day long. Me, you, but it, it's it's good if they're doing good. Right, exactly. But you can't you can't give them so much of it where it's like, well, yes, you praise everything. Yes, because there's some people that like they only do it for praise. Absolutely, and Dude. that that's not good for them. Man, because now when you don't give them praise, now they're looking at you like, "What I do wrong?" Yes, absolutely. Oh, you're preaching. Like I'm thinking about this from just an actor's perspective, because I know for me, like there's a note that I learned in college where the director would be like, "Hey, you know, you should have exited out of stage left instead of stage right." Da da. And then the actor would be like, "Well, no, I did that because they give you a whole monologue about why they did it, and doesn't matter. The whole point is take the note, take the note, and do better next time, right? Like mm-hmm. so you know." But a lot of people are like, if it's not the criticism that they want, they immediately feel like, oh, I did something wrong. Like, whether they get a bad note or, like, nothing, they're like, what did I do wrong? What did I do right? Anything, you know? So, yeah, I feel that. Too much verbal praise can be an overload. Doesn't matter if you're acting or coaching, insurance, or whatever. I agree. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. All right, um... Well, how do you handle disagreements on your team? Like, if you're disagreeing with someone or they're disagreeing with someone else or whatever, how do you handle that? Um, that's a good question. Right? That's a deep one. Um, <laughs> how do you handle... Well, first of all, if it doesn't have anything to do with you... Ooh, okay. If, Uh-oh, where are we going? If it doesn't have anything to do with you, what you have to understand is you have to understand... You got to see it from both sides. Okay. Because what happens is each side cares about their point. Yeah. And as the leader, the coach, the moderator, you have to under you have to see both sides. I mean, it's almost like a judge mm. when you're when they're when they're pleading their case. And mm. they have they have to strongly present their side mm-hmm. and, and if you and if you only see it one-sided then you can only you make a one-sided judgment so if there's a disagreement I want to hear both sides and sometimes sometimes you gotta hear both sides when they're not in not together and sometimes you gotta hear both oh, sides yeah. when they're together yeah because sometimes the reaction from whatever was said or what was done might might be cause of something else but you got I mean how I've handled disagreements Listen to both sides and made a logical sense, uh, uh, a decision. It's like, hey, did you understand? Um, and, and I had a friend who was a psychologist, and I thought about becoming a psychologist. But sometimes what you got to do is you got to rephrase what they're saying to them. So mm-hmm. what I'm hearing you say is this, this, and this. Is that correct? Because here's what I found out. If they say it, they own it. If you say it, they defend it. So oh. if I pose it to you from that point of view, say, hey, here's what I hear you saying. Is that correct? And they say yes. Now they can't go back and say, hey, you're putting words in my mouth. I didn't say that. But you said this, this, and it. Correct? Yes. How does that sound? And sometimes people don't hear, like to argue about something and don't even hear themselves speak until they hear it. Oh, God. Okay, look. We, guys, we went to church. We're, I was just at church. I don't know about y'all listening. That was church, Ben. 
That was church, man. Okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna only ask you one one final question, mm-hmm. but I want to make it good. Okay. I mean, I got two more questions if you if you want. So you, you, you can be the final, but. You need oh, okay, you okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Look, look, ben, look, Ben on the roll now, y'all. I done got him. I get and got him. Here's the thing, man. When he's in, he's in. Hold up. Um, the question I want to ask you. Did I ask you this? Yes, I'm not gonna ask you that. Oh, this is an interesting one. Maybe, but but this one kind of kind of kind of could possibly wrap into the other things you know what i mean that you said but i'm just curious how do you make how do you make sure projects and tasks stay on schedule does that make sense how do you make projects and tasks like say like like how do you make sure that they stay on schedule like say you're like i need i need um i need that you know, Excel spreadsheet by Friday. Like, I need to make sure you get it done to me, get an email to oh, me okay. by Friday. So, Something like that, you know what I mean? So, I'm a system guy. So, it, if I talk about my business or even talk about coaching, uh, I'm a big believer in one comes before two. One comes before two? Before, yeah, one comes before two. <laughs> okay. Two comes before three. So, right, everything right. is in sequential order. Okay, right, right, right. So, right. when there's a task done, the first first things first. So you gotta you gotta be you gotta understand first things first. So I'm a list person. I'm a system person. So wh- what's the first thing I gotta do? What's the second thing I gotta do? What's the third thing? So you gotta understand the order. Okay, first. Okay. And here's the thing in leadership: you have to inspect what you expect. Ooh. So if there's a task and there's something needs to be done. And I'm need to be done on Tuesday, and it's Wednesday of the following week. It's my job as the leader to follow up mm-hmm. because um, somebody told me this, and I and, and it's made me a lot of money. Oh, okay. The fortunes in the follow up. Okay, the fortunes in the follow up. So if there's something that needs to be done, how often are you following up on? Yourself, hey, do I need to call that person this week? Did I say I was going to call that person this week? Um, and I'll give a quick story if you want me to. Uh, man, <laughs> you're looking at me like, come on, go and tell this. Okay, they listen to me, so they ain't nothing quick about this podcast. Okay, so, um, my business blew up in California in uh 2014, and the story is, goes like this. I was in a Walmart and met a young lady sitting at a table. And I started talking, struck up a conversation, started talking to her about what she does. And she sold health insurance. And um, which was which was great. And I was like, hey, we should exchange number. I sell life insurance. Maybe we can do business together. And she was like, great. She gives me her number. So the system is you follow up with the, within 24 to 48 hours. So this is answering your question. 24 to So I did that. She didn't answer the. She didn't answer my call. So I put her on my follow-up list. Okay. So, so if any of you guys are out there that make phone calls, that are business person, understand the fortunes in the follow-up. So I put her on my call list to call her 30 days from now, mm-hmm. which I did, and called her up, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get a hold of her. What happened? She didn't answer. So I put her on my 60-day call list. 
called her up. She still didn't answer. I put her on my six-month call list. She didn't answer. I put her on my nine-month call list. She didn't answer. So it's about one year later, I call her up and says, hey, the CEO of my company is coming down. I'd love for you to come hear him speak. And she still didn't answer the call. Three days later, this is one year later, three days later after I made that last phone call, and I'm thinking, she's never going to answer my call, she calls me back. And the lady says, hey, I'm calling you back because I feel I owe you time because of how diligent that you've been um, with following up with me. And I've been busy and life is happening. I'm like, great. I'm going to recruit this woman into my business. I sit down with her, tell her about my business, all this great stuff and all that. And you know what she tells me? What? No. Oh, <laughs> Ben, what? She tells me no. But I was, but, but she tells me no. And, but she says, you know what? You need to meet my brother. And I was like, great. What's your brother's name? And she's like, my brother's name is X. I'm like, oh, okay. Call her brother up, right? Talk to her brother for about 45 minutes. He's like, I'm on my, I'm on my way for on a trip. He's like, oh, so you got time. So I talked to him about 45 minutes. Where he happened to be going was to one of our uh, satellite offices um, here in Houston. He was going to Houston. You're lying. I kid you not. He was going to Houston. And I sent him to that office. He sits down. He comes on board, right? I'm in California. He's in Austin. Uh. He, he comes on board, right? An hour later, I get a phone call. Guess who comes on board? The it's sister that says no. Wow. So she wanted him to test it out. So, no, she came on board two days later. Oh, Lord. So the brother comes on board. The sister comes on board. And from that, we open up uh, an office in Chicago, Arizona, Los Angeles, Austin, North Carolina, San Antonio. So... There's a system to it. So if you're not following up, and I hope, and, and I hopefully I, I answered your question. Um, 24 to 48 hours. 24 to 48 hours. <laughs> that, that's the key. But it's all, was a, it's all the system. One, then two. And what did I do? I said, Fortune in the follow-up. Right. Uh, 24, 48, 30, 60, six months, one year. And that's, that's, that's how I did it. So, you know, and you have to inspect what you expect. So oh, on, that. in that case, I always ask my guys, hey, did you follow with that person? No, I didn't. Call that person. Did you follow with that person? Call that person. And that, that just bringing that guy in has paid me close to $50,000 in the past three years. Just him alone. Dang, dude, that's awesome. Like, I love I love what you were saying. And that really, like, I was thinking about so many things while you were saying that, like, that didn't, that didn't have to do with, like, business, but, like, personal life things. Like, inspect, what was it? You expect, you inspect what you expect. Inspect what you expect. I love that. Like, I think about that, like, nutrition-wise and health-wise, especially for me. And I think about that. Um, even occupationally, like where where I want to grow and go, you know. So I love that. I'm like, oh, that's another thing. While you were talking, I was thinking a million things, but I didn't write or anything down. Oh, that's I hate that. That's awesome. 
that was uh see man i was thinking this is gonna be a throwaway question it wasn't it was so good i'm so glad it's recorded because i'm gonna re- i want to remember what i just listened to okay my last question this is a great way to like wrap it up i love this maybe maybe you don't i don't know um and you probably answered this like in the babble that we had throughout but i just want to know how do goals help you become a better leader how do goals help you? It's kind of like what you were literally just talking about, you know? Help you become a better leader because if you don't have nothing to shoot for, then you're just running around with, like a chicken with your head cut off. And if you, don't have a, if you don't have a goal, whether you're leading a group of people, whether you're... Le- and when I say leading, uh-huh. sometimes you, you could lead a group of one yourself. Hmm. So becoming, how does that help you become a leader? Because the goal keeps you accountable. Mm. The, the goal is what you look at every single day. So let's, you, you got a person that wants to lose weight. Mm-hmm. If they don't have a goal of how much weight they want to lose, they're mm-hmm. just out there just, you know, running and jumping. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. You, been there. Yeah. But if you say, hey, by this day, mm-hmm. I want this. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and then you gotta so goal will be helping you become a beta leader. You gotta ask a couple questions. Mm-hmm. You set the goal, mm-hmm. whatever the goal is. So if you're gonna, let's just take weight loss. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can say, hey, I want to lose 25 pounds. Mm-hmm. Okay, by when? And this is what I talk to all my guys. They like, I want to get promoted. I want to. I want by when? When do you want to lose the weight? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want to be, the summer's coming around, I want to lose 60 pounds by May. Damn. Okay. That's a, that's a, that's a health, hefty. So <laughs> now you got to say, so how much, how much weight loss per month do I need to lose? Oh man, come on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then from, 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 from there, you, you record it. Okay. And then you got to say this, you got to ask yourself, so. What's the goal? By when? And then you got to ask yourself, what am I willing to give up to get it? And some people are like, well, I'm already dieting. No, that's not it. What are you willing to give up? What is the crutch? Mm, what is the, the what is the vice that you are willing to give up Mm-mm-mm. to get your goal? Carbs. Because, no, <laughs> it, it, it might not have anything to do with food. It might be, okay, I already got a diet. I'm already giving that up. I might like, you know, Housewives of, you know, Austin. I'm not <laughs> oh. going to watch that anymore until I reach my goal. Oh, or, the trouble, man. Or, no, that's good. The goal is your reinforcement. The goal. Your you reinforcement know, is to watch it again. So now it's like, hey, that was, I always watch this. I always watch this. I always watch. Now it's like, okay, I'm going to give that up. Oh, that's trouble. That's trouble. So, so here it is. It's the goal mm-hmm. by when. What are you going to give up? And then who are you going to tell to hold you accountable? Wow. So, so okay. So, I love what you're saying. But, like, okay. But this is, I feel like, will work better for, like, people, your clients or something. What about you as a leader? Are you the one no, that's creating the, the goal? Yeah, you create the goal. So, here's this. So, this is what makes you a better leader. You have your subordinates are telling you their goal, right? Mm-hmm. You got to be, you being a leader, got to hold them accountable. 
The accountability oh, though, is that's, the leadership. See, that's what being kicking in. The accountability is the Did leadership. you uh, do your push-up? Did you do your push-up? Oh, God. That's accountability. Man, that's so real, man. And that's then the other thing so is. so real. And then, and then here's, a, here's, what, here's what makes a better leader. Mm-hmm. A good leader has to be a good follower. Oh, okay. So if I if my guys are giving me a goal, I gotta give my superior or my leader or my mentor my goals, which encompasses their goals. Yeah. So now I gotta be accountable to them on getting all of this done. So if I got ten guys that say, "Hey, they want to make fifty thousand dollars in the next six months," and it's my job to help them get there, then I gotta be accountable to somebody to say, "Hey, I'm accountable to get these guys there." And that's how you become a better leader because now I'm accountable up and I'm accountable down. Oh, sorry. I forgot I was recording because that was deep, man. I was thinking. I was thinking, man. I was thinking about that. Okay. So that's uh, that's like a intense way to wrap it up because that was good. I love that. So goals to help you become a leader. So the things that I took away from this conversation is there's fortune in the follow-up and there's also having goals and the importance of um, setting those goals and I can't remember it but it was like you inspect what you expect I love that I love that that's like a if there's anything else that I could take away that's totally that there's so many things I want to talk about that like but we're running out of time this podcast lasted way longer than I thought so that's okay, man. It was it was awesome. That's the trouble with good conversation, you know? It does that. But hey guys, that was your your black and brown business that take that's here in Austin, Round Rock, dude. So hey Ben, tell us again where to find you. Where's your what's your website's name again? Okay, so again, it's uh Ben Beal. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh business line is area code 626-392-1774. A website and you can set up an appointment uh, through there where if you need any uh, a free consultation hey I need to know about my insurance investments and stuff like that um, you're looking to become an entrepreneur hey you sound like a person that I would I would follow um, you can always go to the website the website is www.thelegendarie coach C-O-A-C-H at gmail.com. Again, it's T-H-E-L-E-G-E-N-D-A-R-I-E-C-O-A-C-H dot com. The Legendary Coach. Awesome. My mom tried to cramp our style sending me text messages. Ugh. So if you heard that, you know. Okay. Um, that was The Legendary Coach, ladies and gentlemen. What a wonderful random and awesome conversation about leadership i'm gonna listen to this back and i'll probably like take notes because there was a lot of good information and i really hope you guys um took some some gems away from today i know that i babble a lot and some of the stuff i say is like oh that was good but some of the stuff is random like the last episode i think i talked about like halloween songs and stuff so you know so this is a, it's a lot more eloquent than that one. But yeah, man, that was Ben Beal. And uh, that about sums it up with summaries with Chuck.